So, Annika. Yes? Welcome to Fizzle & Co. with your hosts, Annika and So Fizzle. Today, we will be chatting about the 32nd president, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. That the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. FDR was elected president in November of 1932, amid the Great Depression and right after Herbert Hoover. Yeah, and Herbert Hoover was a strong believer in laissez-faire economics, and he didn't want to directly involve the U.S. government in relief efforts, though he did try to lift the economy with many different policies. And then, by March of 1933, almost 13 million Americans were unemployed and almost every bank closed. So Hoover was basically overwhelmingly hated for his refusal to aid those struggling in the Depression. Because of this, FDR's approach to the Depression was a lot different from Hoover's. FDR worked tirelessly in his first 100 days to try to fight the Depression. And although he wasn't exactly the person to solve the Depression, he is rightfully credited with, his, with using as much of his constitutional power as possible, and some of it even debatably unconstitutional. But before we get too deep into the Depression, though, we should talk about who he was as a person as well as a politician. FDR grew up in, a wealth, in the wealthy Roosevelt family, his fifth cousin being the 26th president. This wealth allowed him to attend very prestigious schools throughout his childhood, up until college, where he attended the famous Boston College, Harvard. It was then and there that he became romantically involved with his fifth cousin once removed, Eleanor. But don't worry, though, them being cousins was more socially acceptable at the time. <laughs> they married in 1905, where president and uncle of the bride, Theodore Roosevelt, gave the bride away to Franklin. Now, we'll talk a little bit more about Eleanor later, because she really played a, such a pivotal role in Roosevelt's presidency and success. But anyway, Franklin studied law after college, so how exactly did Roosevelt get into politics, Fizzle? Well, Aniko, at first he studied law and even passed the bar exam, but he eventually just got bored and he didn't like it anymore. But then the Democratic Party asked him to be a candidate for the New York State Senate, which he leaped at. He already had the name and he already had the funding. Right, and he was a pretty good politician. He listened to what the people wanted, and he won, beating the previously unrun against Tammany Hall choice. Mm-hmm. So, he kept running and moving up on the political totem pole, even running as a vice presidential candidate in 1920. However, he lost the Republicans' ticket, Harding and Coolidge. That very next year, he contracted polio. Now fast forward, he's now governor of New York, fighting against the Republican-controlled legislation which gained him more and more recognition as a progressive politician, even pushing for state-supported pension, limits on working hours for women and children, yikes for the ladies, but he was overwhelmingly re-elected in 1930 and became the first ever governor to establish relief for those in poverty. Now we're going to fast forward again to 1932, where he is president-elect with First Lady Eleanor Roosevelt and Vice President-elect John Garner. His election allowed the Democrats to gain a majority in both the Senate and the House, He's inaugurated that following March. Now, during this time in the past three years, the American economy is in total turmoil, turmoil, and there are a lot of unemployed people, struggling farmers, and people living in literal shacks, the Hoovervilles, named for President Hoover, who was famously known for sitting back and waiting for the economy to fix itself. But, ooh, our boy FDR wastes no time. In his first 100 days, he meets with Congress to establish federal agencies to try to quickly fix the Depression, and to pass laws protecting both workers and consumers. And keep in mind, he was elected on the promise of his New Deal. Right. So this New Deal is known for its three aims of relief, reform, and recovery, which heavily relied on the foundation of a strong relationship between the government and its citizens. So basically Hoover's worst nightmare. Oh, 100%. 
Anyways, FDR is reelected in 1936, and I'm going to name a few successful New Deal programs to give you an idea of the almost aggressive aid from FDR's administration. The Agriculture Adjustment Administration, Soil Erosion Service, the Civilian Conservation Corps, Tennessee Valley Authority, and Social Security. And some other notable things he did were repealing the Prohibition Act with the 21st Amendment. Also, two new laws of his New Deal were the Wagner Act, which legalized unionization among workers, and the Glass-Steagall Act, which was a much more beefy law, but mainly it just separated traditional and investment banks. Oh, and not to mention the fireside chats. I want to tell you what has been done in the last few days, and why it was done, and what the next steps are going to be. Allowed by our new best friend, the commercial radio. And reminder again, Roosevelt held polio through all of this. Yeah. And it's really important to mention that not all of these programs were successful, but they were really important for bringing the American people some sense of security. But still, like any politician, he wasn't entirely beloved or celebrated. A lot of people thought that all of these programs were just band-aids to a much larger problem than Roosevelt could really take on as president. Or that he was doing more than what was written in the Constitution from the view of strict constructionists. So Roosevelt was re-elected in 1936 and faced a lot of opposition from the Supreme Court. They didn't agree with his New Deal programs and weren't passing any of his laws. But instead, he decided to propose court packing, which added a new Supreme Court justice for each judge over 70 who didn't retire. Congress gave this idea a big fat no, and the idea failed. But the Supreme Court stopped striking down FDR's laws, realizing the power that he had. Also at the time, businessmen and bankers began to turn against the New Deal programs more and more because they were afraid of the risks Roosevelt was making and how he took the nation off the gold standard and allowed significant deficits in the budget. In response to this, FDR introduced a new program, Social Security, which I mentioned before, which created heavier taxes on the wealthy, new controls over banks and public utilities, and lots of work relief for the unemployed. Social Security was basically a way for the government to get older workers to stop working by financially compensating them for not having a job. This way, jobs would begin to open up for younger workers, keeping most people content. So overall, Roosevelt really did try his best to uplift and strengthen the U.S. in this time of crisis. But there's one person who worked kind of behind the scenes that we think needs some recognition. First Lady Eleanor Roosevelt. Eleanor worked for racial and social justice and was considered one of the most politically active first ladies in all of history. After her husband, FDR, was elected president, she began to reshape the role of the first lady from just being a social hostess to a more visible and active participant in politics and her husband's administration. And since FDR had polio, it was hard for him to get around and travel. To compensate for this, Eleanor traveled across the U.S. and acted as her husband's eyes and ears, She would report back to him important information after visiting government institutions, programs, and other facilities, doing her best to try to help him. Eleanor also played a pivotal role in her husband's political success. She remained a pillar for him, even through some pretty rough stuff. They may have been debatably the most powerful couple in the country, but their relationship wasn't exactly perfect. Yeah, before World War I, Franklin was having an affair with a woman named Lucy Mercer, Eleanor Roosevelt's own social secretary. Eleanor originally offered for an immediate divorce, but Frankie Boy rejected it to keep up his political image, which is not a great look for him. Eleanor seemed to have been able to put this behind her and remain loyal to him in regards to partnership, which must have been incredibly difficult. Eleanor was not only able to put that behind her, but she actually used her husband's and her own political influence to benefit women and the underprivileged. 
Eleanor is known for being extremely sympathetic to those who were underrepresented in the American political atmosphere at the time. Instead of retiring to simply be the wife of the president, she put a new meaning behind the title of First Lady. She's known for being a strong feminist, working with the League of Women Voters. She encouraged Roosevelt to appoint more women into federal positions and held press conferences that allowed only women reporters because they were typically barred from White House press conferences. There's so much more to say about Eleanor, but unfortunately, not much time left in this episode. So let's just get to the final points. Our dear Frankie boy, President Franklin Delano Roosevelt, (laughs) was a very important figure during the Great Depression and made lasting positive impacts on the U.S., He created programs to provide relief to the unemployed and farmers. He sought economic recovery with the NRA and other programs, and he instituted major regulatory reforms related to finance, communications, and labor. And although Franklin Delano Roosevelt is the title of this podcast episode, his wife Eleanor Roosevelt was his rock and his partner, who kept him afloat through polio and the resulting paralysis, and made strides for women in an unfair misogynistic society. So, that is it for this episode of Fizzlin' Co., We're your hosts, Anako and Sophizzle, signing off.